Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, Kraken fans? Welcome to Season 2, Episode number 22 of Keeping Up With The Krakens, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. This is your co-host of the pod, Tyler Bell, coming from the beautiful Banff, Alberta, and just like always, joined by fellow co-host of the pod, Alec Durham, the Derminator. How's it going today, pal? Not too bad, brother. Just out living life. Went through a little uh, snowstorm today that lasted about 45 minutes. Good old Ontario in spring. Then it was goddamn gorgeous after. How's your week? Oh, it's been all right. You know, I was a little busy with work, but now I got a uh, few days off here. So I just been testing out the old knee. Went for a nice run yesterday and it responded well. So I thought, ah, fuck it. Why not go for a nice hike today? Got out there and uh, yeah, the knee feels great, but a couple blisters I'm going to be dealing with now. You doubled down on the back-to-back right away. That's what you get for it. You know, I only have me to blame. Um, and then, yeah, of course, didn't really uh, didn't really pick the right footwear this time. I thought my winter hiking boots were still in good enough condition. Uh, nope, getting blisters from them. Uh, you know, it's pretty embarrassing from somebody who has been out for quite a few hikes now in their lifetime and and know a couple things and yeah still make the odd mistake like that but other than that man no complaints at all man no complaints sounds like pretty damn good time then yeah it's pretty good um how about the kraken though on pretty good week that they just had uh recently i mean picking up five out of eight points that wasn't too bad for them Yeah, we'll take it, especially, like we said, getting three out of four points against Nashville there, three out of possible four. And sure, you gave up an extra one, but we'll get into that a little bit. But, I mean, like we talked about, taking big points away from Nashville there. Fantastic. Yeah, I think that was the biggest part of the whole week, right, was it came down to those two matchups because that really could have changed the positioning of the standings. And uh, right now, as it is, the the Kraken are looking pretty nicely in that first wildcard spot and a, at least a good five points ahead of somebody from passing them, uh, you know, other than Winnipeg there, who's whew, 
man, they've really been falling apart too. But uh, the Kraken are putting themselves in a great situation, and they have some pretty favorable matchups in their final nine games, Durham. But uh, it was a great Great way to end a game against uh, the Dallas Stars, of course, playing them pretty recently a few times. And Durham, third time's a charm, baby. Right. Talking about, you know, taking it down to the final minute. Certainly certainly didn't really like how the game ended. I mean, they got scored on three times in the final five minutes. Sure, one of them ended up not counting. But the puck still went in your net three times in the final five fucking minutes. Yeah, it got a little sloppy at the end, but uh, hey, give credit where it's due. I'm pretty sure I called a 5-4 OT win last pod, so uh, that's what we got handed to us. And let's give a little shout-out to Joey Decord for putting up 25 saves on 29 shots uh, to help lead the crack into the victory in this one. Yeah, he played great in a few games, a couple chances that he got there, obviously with last week and the week before that. But man, that's like something's going on with jones now right because he came in and played so obviously he's not hurt so has he just completely lost trust of hackstall yeah it's something that is very alarming going forward um just even like yeah you try to read the body language on him too recently and it just something's off man he doesn't look like he's totally committed himself into the games that he's getting put in and Things are looking weird there, but yeah, let's jump right into this Dallas game. Finally here, finally the Kraken beat them, and uh, what a game it was too. Brandon Tanov, Tanov, Tanev, he's not that Russian. Brandon Tanev jumping off to a great start in this one too, batting the puck out of the midair too to get the Kraken on the board early. Yeah, I feel like so many of Sprong's assists are literally just him chasing down loose pucks and just whipping them at the net. Yeah, and he did a really good job of that, not only in this game, but throughout the whole week, really. And yeah, it was just awesome. And, and the fact that uh, Tanev kind of batted that one out of midair in, in order to get that in, did you see the celly on him too? He was fired up about getting that one on the board. He's just so excited to score every time he does, eh? He's just electric, just gets the flow jangling around out there and turbo's oh. flowing. Big time, dude. I love when Turbo is, uh, you know, just on top of his game. And then uh, shortly after, though, Dallas tying the game up, uh, Heisken and throwing a puck on net there. And it just takes a crazy uh, bounce straight back towards Joy Decord and, you know, goes off his own helmet and in. That was just kind of an unlucky bounce to beat Joey there. Yeah, there was a few, uh, a few bounces for and against the Kraken this week. And that was definitely one that went against. There was a couple that just bounced around the net and, Someone gets a piece of it and pops up over the shoulder or off his helmet. And unfortunately, that one didn't go their way. No, it didn't. But they'd get a nice little break, uh, a nice two-on-one down the ice. And who else but Daniel Sprong, who's just been uh, on fire lately, uh, gives the old no look and uh, fires at five-hole on Jake Ottinger to take back the lead in the game in the first period. Yeah, and then in the second period, you think we're going to see a shit ton of goals. Like, it's been flying good back and forth pace, like the first there. Well, you'd be wrong, because we're only going to have Jared McCann. But that's a good thing, because it's the Kraken taking a 3-1 lead on his 34th of the year, and only a minute and a half into the period, too. Yeah, again, a a nice little opportunity where they take advantage of a turnover, and then they're gone on a two-on-one. And good little toe drag, too, from... uh, uh, 
Jordan Emberley just to create a little bit more space, put it on the backhand. And of course, Jared McCann is flying towards the net there and is able to get a stick and beat Ottinger to give him that two goal lead heading into that third period. Just the casual little backdoor tap in on the two on one, eh? Just full oh. speed. Oh, it was just, just beautiful. Just beautifully done. And speaking of, how about Wyatt Johnston getting his 21st of the season as a teenager for the Dallas Stars? That hasn't been done in a long time. Yeah, for that team, it's been uh, a long, long time. When when was the last time? Was it like a Mike Medano situation? You would be correct, I'm pretty sure. Either that or Sagan, potentially. Can't think of too many other nah, options. he wasn't but... a teenager ever with Dallas. He played his teenage years in Boston. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> and then he partied his uh, way out of the Bruins locker room. <laughs> After a nice cup. How about the, the Stanley Cup ring? How are you? That was another tricky one for Joy Decord because it's kind of a broken pass where they're not even trying to find Wyatt Johnson there, but it sneaks right through uh, kind of that, that low slot area there just above the crease. And he's just sitting wide open and, makes no mistake getting that one top shelf and brings Dallas between uh, within that one goal there. Speaking of guys that were just wide open, we got Turbo again getting his third point of the game when Geeky finds him all alone in the slot, the high slot. and He just wires it like we've seen him do a couple times from that exact spot this year. Oh, beautiful too. Turbo just double dipping in the game and uh, give credit to that pass too. that Morgan Geeky feeds out to him a nice little backhand saucer uh, just over a few sticks there. And then he's just wide open in that high slot makes no mistake. Love to see Turbo getting on the board like that. Yeah. And then like we said, unfortunately, obviously the Kraken are going to get scored on couple times here in the last five minutes Pavelski is going to get his 20th even though he's twice as old as that and then Jamie Ben's going to get his 30th right at the buzzer right at the buzzer and a little bit of a bullshit play there too Um, you kind of see Jamie Ben cross-checking Vince Dunn right in the back huge interference play and literally just two seconds after he's he's bearing the puck in the net while Don is still laying down on the ice like that uh that's a that's an unlucky play to kind of happen and kind of a tough one to call on the uh you know on the go like that if you're the ref too so many things happening it was such a scramble play a million plays happening and then uh yeah ben just cross checks done and leaves himself wide open to bury that and tie the game And honestly, we're 10 games left in the year. We're at playoff hockey. You can't complain about that kind of goal. You're just going to have to plant your feet as you come in and know someone's coming at you. This is playoffs now, baby. Exactly. You got to be ready for that. But, uh, you know, credit to Vince Dunn. He made a a perfect block on a play just seconds before that, too. So just doing everything he can for this hockey team and even leading them in points. Dunn's just been so amazing. But this one would head to OT, Durham. And then it's going to be Dunn's D partner, the big cat, getting a bank pass off the wall, coming in on the breakaway, and he's going to tuck it on the backhand side. 
yeah, sexy little play from the cat too. Meow. That was just uh, absolutely beautiful just to tuck it on to the backhand there. Something you don't really see from the big man on D is is those types of those type of mitts out in front like that. So uh, just beautiful to see that effort and a very, very nice bank pass to send him all the way down there from Jared McCann. And just like that, third time's a charm, baby, the crack and pulling out the big 5-4 victory in OT. Big two points, big two points in Dallas. Moving right along, though, they'd be taking on that, like we said, back-to-back in Nashville. And uh, that first game did not go too well, did it? Oh, my God. That first game fucking sucked. Like, I mean, come on. 28-24 and shots, kind of, yeah, whatever. You get two power plays each team, yeah, whatever. You get one fucking goal and regulation for each team. What? So it's not even like a huge goal goalie duel where there's like 35 shots against the one guy i don't know just boring yeah there's not too many games i'm happy to miss because of work but uh this one was kind of one of them it just seemed uh you know low low energy you know not a lot happened obviously you get that one goal from spronger there, getting his 18th so still just creeping up to that 20 goal mark for a fourth line guy just incredible stuff. But other than that, you don't have a whole lot to say about this game other than the fact that Joy Decord looked like he had a very, very strong outing. Yeah, stopping 23 out of 24 there and, you know, playing, staring down Saros at the other end. Had a fantastic game. Like we said, only one beat him. I mean, I just said two minutes ago, I don't really want to blow the goalies because they didn't really have a whole shit ton of shots. I haven't seen whether they were all high danger or not, to be honest. But at the same time, you only allowed one goal in an NHL game, so I'm not going to shit on you. Exactly. And, uh, you know, similar to uh, the game they would play uh, just a couple days later, it it seemed like it was a pretty dominating first period for the crack and only allowing the three shots from the Preds and having seven of their own. And uh, moving to the next game, Durham, it was much of the same story in the first, but even more dominating. Oh, you want to talk about letting in like the or letting or allowing the fewest shots on net the franchise has ever done in a period. It's not the three that they just had against Nashville. It's the one they're going to allow this first period in the next game here. One fucking shot on net against in 20 minutes. That's incredible. Uh, not only that, but to do it as the visiting team and to shut somebody else in their own barn. Uh, who's been a really good team as of lately to only that one shot. Uh, and not only that, but scoring a couple nice goals of their own too. Uh, on, and guess who it was again? Daniel Sprong getting things going just like last game. Yeah, exactly. Like you said, just chipping his way towards 20. There is a fourth liner getting his 19th of the season on the board assist from Donato and Tanev. And another note too, it would be the return of the German gentleman in net in this game too, after, you know, being sick, which uh, ultimately led Joy Decord being sent down, which is unfortunate because of how well I thought he, uh, he played in those games, of course, but uh, it's obviously the only real situation you, you can really do. So um, German gentleman though, getting him back in net for this one was big. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see what happens like who goes longer with uh, playoffs. I mean, obviously Seattle's not going to have a better chance compared to Coachella, who's pretty much first in the AHL. 
I mean, I, that's got to be the plan is to get Decord playing longer, more meaningful games down there than just sitting on the bench watching Grubauer up here. But at the same time, oh, yeah. I don't know, man. If Gru gets hurt in a game in the playoffs, are you going to feel good throwing Jones in when you've been like, hey, man, you can't play. We're going to call up Decord instead. Yeah, there's no doubt those were um, probably the most comfortable minutes that Joey Decord has played in an NHL crease. And you could tell that uh, just the confidence and the wins and getting the reps in down in the AHL is really rubbing off on on the guy. And uh, more and more confident that he could potentially be, a you know, like a backup goalie in the NHL, an everyday backup. But with how the, you know, crowded that crease is looking in Seattle, that kind of makes it tough. Yeah, especially with Dreger coming back next season. It's going to be interesting to see what happens there. It definitely will be, right? That's that's going to be the biggest question mark. Speaking of guys getting confidence, how about Ellie Tolvin in, in his, what I'm calling his real return to Nashville because last game basically didn't even fucking happen. He's going exactly. to blow this one past Soros. Yeah, on the power play too. Just receives a beautiful pass from guess who again? Jared McCann does it all out there. And, you know, takes that extra second to just make sure he picks his spot and rifles it over the glove of UC Soros. And uh, not to go unnoticed, but the timing of Wenberg coming across the crease and screening Soros on that play was key. The old rolling screen. Dallas, no, yeah, Dallas used to do that really well. San Jose as well. It's kind of a Pavelski thing. He's fucking good at it. Oh, big time. And uh, Nashville would finally get on the board, too, to kind of open things up in the second period there. They get a, a shot thrown on net, and and uh, Tyson Berry's just crashing the crease pretty hard there and able to uh, kind of bury that rebounder and get the Nashville on the board in this one. And then towards the end of the second period here, Ellie Tolvanen's going to respond for the Kraken, getting his 17th of the year unassisted and kind of a broken down play. Just, I think, bounced off him and in at, at the side of the crease there. Yeah, yeah, it was a weird one, right? Where Saros comes out to try to clear a puck and then, um, you know, he gets it away from the first Kraken player. But Ellie Tolvanen's sneaky, just kind of hanging out there. He's able to pick that up and finds himself a bit of an open net to shoot out. Gets his second of the game, Golvenin, they call him too. And uh, there's good reason why Durham. But at this point in the game, it was, shots were 26-9 for the Kraken. So just a hell of a response after the game prior. Yeah, after having the game, like you said, just a couple nights ago in Nashville, they came out just flying here through the first 40. They were determined to blow this team out. Yeah, and it wasn't until the last 20 where... Uh, things really blew up in the score sheet, baby. Sure, you're going to have Duchesne start the period 53 seconds in to make it a 3-2 game, and we're thinking, we might have something going here. Nah, nah, nah. Just a couple minutes after that, we're going to have the big cat again. The dude fucking loves scoring in Nashville, apparently. It's where he gets most of his goals, I guess. He's going to get his seventh of the year. Did you see that pass, though? Just the look off once again by Durham. Guess who? Ooh, Jared McCann. Jared McCann has the opportunity to kind of take that puck off a nice passing play, too, from Dunn. And this was just a gorgeous play all around. But able to, to take that extra second instead of shooting himself, finding Adam Larson, the cat, meow, just shoveling it up stairs and yeah 
the floodgates were officially open after this one. That was the goal where you could watch where if McCann had the couple extra seconds there and then made that pass. As soon as it went in, I was like, this game's fucking over. They're done. Yeah. And yeah. right after that, you're going to get Maddie Beneers working in a three-on-one with Everly and Dunn catching up, do a little give-and-go with Dunn before blowing his 20th into the back of the net. Yeah, and that was another beautiful play, too. I love the little touch pass uh, that Dunn made right back to Maddie Beneers, and he wastes no time just shooting it, going a far side and beating Saros, who uh, not too often Saros has beat this many times in a game this year. So Kraken were just on top of it. Yeah, and then you're going to get Jared McCann on an unassisted one for his 35th of the season when he just wires it top shelf on a little bit of a breakaway. Yeah, spoiler alert, back uh, back at the start of the season, a little preseason talk there, um, uh, you know, pre- season preview, I should say. We had that over-under set for Jared McCann at 35 goals, and I uh, believe we took the over on that. So, you know, he's proven exactly why uh, we made the right decision on that one. He's earning every damn cent of that contract, that's for sure. Just the confidence oozing out of that play, too. Just the perfect interception to read the play. Walks in, doesn't even waste any time. Just snaps it over the glove. And as Saros has a goalie, you don't see getting beat over the glove cleanly. But it happened a lot in this game. Yeah, they definitely targeted him there. And then I think that's actually where Bjorkstrand went at the end of the game, too, to cap this one off, didn't he? Yeah, it was a nice little odd man rush once again. And uh, it's kind of a flukier play because he actually ends up kind of batting it out of midair too. He throws it on net a couple times. It doesn't quite get there, but on his third and final whack, he kind of turns, is able to get it on the back end and whacks it up right over the shoulder once again, beating Saros, and that would be game 7-2. What a comeback statement win from the previous game before Durham. That was awesome. Yes, Bjorkstrand's goal is the one I was thinking of when I said Tolvin in second one. Sitting at the side of the net and whacked at it and happened to pop up and over. Damn it. Uh, she's all good. It happened a few days ago. I'll give you, give you a pass on that. But uh, hell of a performance from the crack and out shooting uh, the Predators 39 to 16. Wasn't really a busy one for Grubauer, but that's okay. You know, he's, he's just getting back from his sickness. You got to, you know, hopefully just come back and find your groove. But Durham, like we talked about last pod, they're going to have a really, really tough time in Minnesota trying to pull off that win. And uh, the game didn't go that well, did it? Yeah, you want to talk about Grubauer finding his groove. Well, it wasn't going to be found tonight. He's only going to get 9 out of 13 shots he's going to make the saves on. And then, unfortunately, he's going to get yanked and Jonesy's going to go in. Oh, it was not a good time to be a Kraken fan this game. It wasn't. I mean, if he found his mojo before that game, he certainly lost it uh, in that game against Minnesota because uh, it was a weird one, like it, a five to one loss for the Kraken. But it was a game where they sustained a lot of pressure. They they you know kept up pace of play. They actually felt like for most of the game kind of controlled things, but it just seemed like everything Minnesota was putting on net was uh, off the post and in, and they were just doing everything out there to find the back of the net when they had their opportunities. Yeah, it was definitely the Matt Boldy show. I mean, oh man, a couple of those goals were just 
like to be honest, just fucking gross. The one off Disgusting. the face off, quick yeah. wheels around, hits the far post. The one where he collects it on the power play that goes between the D's legs for the shot and just rips it into the corner of the net. Like, oh, again, top shelf, like hard to blame Grubauer for that one. You got a guy literally 10 feet away from you just ripping a puck like that top shelf. And you pretty much have to have to guess perfectly if you're able to stop that puck right like uh he was just on it and you know funny enough last preview we talked about how matt boldy was the guy who's who's been hot lately durham i think he's got like 11 or 12 goals in the month of march man so i was actually just looking at this today talking with my dad in the nine games matt boldy has played since kaprizov went down with injury he's got 10 fucking goals yeah, he certainly picked up that load that they needed for somebody to to step up and take over the scoring, and Matt Boldy definitely did it. And uh, let's give another shout-out, too, to Marc-Andre Fleury, who was completely dominant in that first period for the Minnesota Wild and a large, large reason why once Minnesota scored that third goal, you could kind of tell that was it for them. They knew that they weren't really going to be beating Marc-Andre Fleury tonight because he was just on top of his game, you know, playing as good as Marc-Andre Fleury can play, man. It was just, it was the Marc-Andre Fleury show in this one, really. Oh, uh, but of course, so with lovable, Matt Boldy. You can't even get mad. Yeah, no, it is tough. So uh, they unlucky there. Uh, and really, I mean, they played him well earlier in the season. And then you drop this stinker, but Minnesota's just been on some kind of heater right now where they're really just playing as one of the best teams in the NHL. Yeah, I mean, like you said, they've just been on fire lately, especially since Kaprizov went out. I don't know if that's just what the team needed to kind of rally together and just be ready for the playoffs. But like you said, they've completely stepped it up the last couple of weeks and they're on a different class right now. Well, yeah, like you said, I mean, um, they're a team who's struggling to get goals in the net when they had Kaprizov. It seemed like, you know, everything that uh, was going in the back of the net was, you know, basically because of him. He had some kind of part in it, but now that he was out, the team has really had to rally around themselves and find out, you know, what they're really made out of and find people who could put the puck back into the back of the net for them. And it's certainly been paying off. Yeah, I want to say it was late January, early February, where they were. there was this crazy stat for Kaprizov in the wild, and it was Minnesota went like 400 minutes and 12 seconds in a row, where if Kaprizov wasn't on the ice, they didn't score a goal. Yeah, no, I'm not good at math, but that is a lot of hockey where only one person is uh, making the plays out there and, and uh, you know producing all that offense. That's just wild. It's it. 20 minutes. Oh, wild. Damn, that went right over me. But it's 20 minutes away from being seven straight games. Yeah, that's just insane. Like to think of a streak like that, just bonkers. But um, all in all, it was a decent showing for the Kraken this week. And, you know, they may have uh, ended off a bit of a road trip there with a stinker, but they kick off a bit of a homestand coming up uh, that takes place tomorrow night durham on thursday march 30th against you know a team that gives up the most goals in the league actually has the worst goal differential in the league and we have a pretty good record against them so far 2-0-1 against the anaheim not so mighty ducks 
They should totally go back to the Mighty Ducks jerseys and logo. At least they would look good when they played, like, look-wise. They wouldn't, like, look good skill-wise, but damn, they'd look smooth out there. Just give us that damn logo back, please. It's much needed. Stupid Disney. Had to ruin everything. Never a fan of the D logo. Whoa. The D. But, yeah. So, speaking of the Ducks, they're also going to be without their leading... I think he's leading score for the team. I'm actually looking it over to the last month, but for the last month, Troy Terry's been leading the Anaheim Ducks in points, and he's not going with them on their road trip. Yeah, that's a big blow. I mean, the only guy who's really, um, as far as I know, is, has reached that 50-point mark. I'm not sure what Zegers is at right now. Could be absolutely blowing that stat out of the water, but uh, you know, 56 points in 66 games for Troy Terry, who's been a very, very consistent player since he's entered the NHL. And uh, to be without him, this is a must. This you you gotta win this game if you're the Kraken. This is just two points you can't leave off the board. And, and you know, this is a team that you know. Yeah, they're getting scored on the most out of any team in the NHL. You have to take advantage of that. Exactly. Like you said, this is a game where regardless of what happens, you should be able to come away with two points. Yeah, the most mental part of it is that John Gibson and this Luke Dostal, their two goalies right now, technically both have better save percentages than Martin Jones and Philip Grubauer. I've seen some Anaheim fan going off bitching about how bad their team was on Reddit a couple weeks ago. He said they're on pace to allow the most shots against in cap era. And it's not going to be fucking close. He said, it's going to be like hundreds worse than the next worst team. He's like, people do not understand how bad Anaheim is this year. Yeah, they're brutal. They can score a few goals, but the amount that they're giving up is just insanity. I mean, averaging over four goals against per game. And uh, if you take a look at the last three games these teams played, uh, definitely look at taking the over in this one because each of those games has definitely been over six and a half goals. And uh, they pushed seven goals uh, in the fi- in the last game and then the previous two, nine goals in those two as well. So expect it to be a high sc- high scoring game for sure. Yeah, this is one you should be able to just dominate this team even worse than you just did against Nashville. Exactly. So uh, not much to say here other than you better not lose, right? Exactly. Because the next game you have against, oh my God, this team's been so fucking good lately. Yeah, they're one of the hottest teams in the league right now, and that's the LA Kings. Uh, Just pure dominance lately. I mean... Victor Arvidsson named first star of the week too. He's red hot, six goals and eight points in his last five games. And this team is 10-0-2 in their last 12 games, Durham. They haven't lost in regulation in a long time. Yeah, since the trade deadline when they picked up Gavrikov and Corpusalo, oh, dude, they've just been on fire. I mean, even Quentin Byfield's starting to pick it up a little bit. He's got seven points in his last 11 games playing on the top line there. Doesn't contribute all the time, but he's chipping in enough for a 20-year-old that you're happy about it, right? Yeah, yeah. Corpusalos came in and played phenomenal for that team, and they're, they got a nice little duo between him and uh, Phoenix Copley there where they're kind of going you know, game after game to throw in the other goalie in. And uh, it's working out pretty well with them. 
yeah, Corpus All has been carrying my freaking fantasy team since he joined the Kings. So if they could just keep that up. I mean, if he plays, I'd like a nice save percentage. I don't need a win if the Kraken are playing them. But yeah, yeah. Exactly. If he's not playing, then go for it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, just looking at this matchup, I mean, things are going to be tough. This, this is most likely going to be like a playoff atmosphere and it better be that type of uh, tempo that the Kraken are playing because LH has been so good and how sneaky has their power play been too? LA. Oh man. They've just been disgusting. They're 25.7% second best in the league. Yeah. I know there's a lot of teams that are sitting right there in the point. 5.4 and all you know all that so so there is a little handful right there but i mean to to be second in the league in the power play uh just not something you would think about for the la kings right now but they're getting it done yeah certainly like i'm gonna have to eat a lot of words about the la kings because i thought they might be taking a step back this year you know they showed well i didn't think they'd be doing that great Fiala's been fantastic. Their additions have been good. Your young kids are stepping up throughout the lineup. I mean, they figured out goaltending possibly if they can keep Corpusalo past this season. I mean, things are looking up for the Kings. Yeah, big time. Uh, but other than that, I mean, five on five, these teams match up pretty close. I mean, the advantage is definitely in the favor for the Kraken at five on five here. But even goals four, I mean, it's off by 0. 0.06 where the Kraken have a small little lead there. And then goals against per game are actually tied right now at 3.18. So there's some things like that that are very, very close and similar between these teams. Even the penalty kill is, you know, the LA's 24th in the league. Seattle's 25th in the league. They have some pretty close stats, but all in all, all that matters is the wins. And that's what the Kraken have been able to do against this LA Kings team, Durham. They've won all three matchups so far, looking for the clean series, season series sweep against the Kings. Ooh, that'd be nice to roll out of California there. Well, not roll out of California, literally, because it's a homestand, but you know what I mean. Anaheim exactly. and LA. And maybe another one that'll be good for the uh the over if you're looking on betting on this one, Durham. Do you remember what the score was the last time these two teams played? Nine eight in OT, baby, all the way back in November. That's right. The most goals the Kraken have ever put up in a game and ever uh, had, uh, you know, combined with another opponent in a game. Uh, just crazy, crazy 17 goals the last time these two teams play. So uh, I would expect a lot of the same. You know what? The last two matchups before, only a total of five goals. So maybe it might not be that way. Maybe two teams find out and, and, and they just shut each other down here. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll have to wait and see what April 1st has in store for us. And it won't be a joke. Don't worry. Nope. And then moving right along, Durham, they're going to be playing two days later. The Arizona Coyotes, the first time that they'll be seeing this team all season long. Yeah, they're kind of pulling a Dallas here where they're not going to play them at all all year. And then they're going to play them three times in just over a week. Actually, it's it's like almost exactly the same as the Dallas games, right? Like almost the exact same amount of days in between and amount of games. So pretty interesting the way that was kind of scheduled. It almost creates these mini season series. But what can we expect out of the matchup against the Arizona Coyotes? 
Well, they've lost their last five games, but before that, they won six of their last seven. So very streaky team. We're hoping they're going to keep streaking down, and when we meet them on the third, it's not going to be the start of their streaking up. But, man, how about Clayton Keller this year? Yeah, Clayton Keller has just been having this breakout year. He's 24 years old now, but already has 81 points in 75 games played. And credit to him, too, for a smaller guy. He's played in every single game that the Arizona Arizona Coyotes have played in this year and has managed to put up 81 points and is a plus player on that team. He's been very, very good for them. Having a breakout year, Clayton Keller. He only needs six more points to set the Coyotes franchise record for points in a season. I say he gets it done. I think he could do it. Do you know who holds it? Oh, no idea. Jeremy Roenick? No. Big Walt Kachuk, the very first year Arizona was there. Wow, the very first year. Yeah, I learned that stat like 45 minutes ago. Wow. Not only that, wasn't there one of their minority stakeholders just uh, just got into a little bit of trouble? Yeah, he might have got arrested for, <laughs> I don't even remember what for. Dude, wait, I don't even remember. We got to look this up. What did he get arrested for? I want to say it way, it's another stupid, but I mean, fuck, it, when isn't it, right? Yeah, no kidding. Uh, let's see, Arizona Coyotes. Uh, I'm so excited. I'm, I hope he didn't do what Vince from fucking Slap Chop did and beat up a hooker. Can you say hooker? Escort? Uh, can you say hooker? Well, I mean, you just did, so I think you can say it. Oh, uh, whoops. On a felony strang- strangulation charge? Strangulation? This guy's a real... I don't even know what that a means. A verbal altercation with his wife that turned, turned physical. Yikes, that's a bad luck. Come on, dude. What are you doing? That's no laughing matter. But the Arizona no. Coyotes, on the other hand, they're a fucking joke. Yeah, no kidding. Oh, my goodness. I mean, credit to some of their players who have been pretty good so far. I mean, this year, it's just that's brutal, right? And then... Uh, Barrett Hayton too, another young centerman is taking a little bit longer to kind of develop, but it looks like he's finally found his scoring touch in the NHL, putting up uh, 27 points in his last 28 games. So not too, too bad, but Durham, what do you think we could really expect against these matchups against the Arizona Coyotes? All three of them? Or yeah, just baby. This one? Well, let's start with this one. What do you think uh, the first game is going to play out as? Oh, they better fucking score six goals and only get scored on twice or less. Yeah, I'm thinking so too. I mean, they did bring up this uh, goaltender who's been pretty hot. I don't even know who he Ivan is. Prospetov. Yes, exactly. Three and zero so far in his NHL career. Yeah, he's. I mean, I'm pretty sure he's Russian, but he played hockey in the O. Want to say Big. for Saginaw? Remember the goalie a couple years ago that he I said would do career. That's just this season, though. I'm I'm dumb. So dash well, one this on is probably me. his career too. Nah, no, wait, he might have had a couple games last year with the match. He did, he did, yeah, he's got nine total games played, technically. But so. Yeah, remember that goalie that was viral that would do cartwheels after he, on the ice after he won games? That's that this kid. this guy? Wow. Yeah. Okay. I know, right? Now he's in the NHL, so if he doesn't Russian do cartwheel, gas, then he forgot where he came from. 
obviously had a lot of it too. I mean, six five goaltender. Ooh, that's not bad. He's got some height on him. With gear on, that's got to be fucking hard to do a cartwheel. Yeah, he's uh, but well, I guess he's rangy. True, athletic. Yeah, skilled. But uh, yeah, other than that, I think I think you're going to be facing a team that brings a lot of skill, brings uh, like in their top six, of course, brings some speed, but they're not going to be so strong defensively. And especially that back end too is kind of hurting after they made some significant trades on their back end, shipping out Shane Gossett's bear and, and uh, another pretty good defenseman, Jacob Chikorin too. So uh, they're hurting on that back end. And it's obviously uh, been hurting them lately with that losing skid that they're on. Yeah. Like you said, dropping the last five there. I mean, mm-hmm. missing bodies, missing good NHLers. You got to fill them somehow. And, I guess they're just pulling kids out of college to do it. Yeah, but all in all, Durham, I mean, uh, an opportunity to basically at least secure four out of six points in this week, I think that's going to be huge for the Kraken. So, uh, you know, points are ready to get put up on the board and just continue to create some space in the standings. Kraken fans, the biggest tournament in college basketball is underway, and the action is just getting started on DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any pregame Moneyline bet and score $150 in bonus bets if your team wins. Plus, combine multiple bets for a shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings will be featuring parlays and odds boosts all tournament long, so be sure to check the DraftKings Sportsbook app every day to see what they have in store. So, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code THPN because right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any pregame Moneyline bet and get $150 in bonus bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. All right, welcome back, Kraken fans. And uh, Durham, we didn't really talk about it too much, but Matty Beneers now, youngest NHLer this year to hit 50 points. You got to love it. Exactly. Got to represent the Kraken. That's our all-star, baby. Yeah, and it's something where it almost seems like He's went into a bit of a situation where he almost seems a bit fatigued lately and, uh, you know, hasn't exactly had that same kind of juice that he started the season with. But I guess you can expect that from a player who, uh, you know, has played college the last couple of years here and, and they don't obviously don't get as many bags or any, as many bags, as many they games. Any bags. No, they're not, they're not securing any bags in that <laughs> league, but uh, not as many games as obviously the NHL plays. Do you think that kind of just has an effect on a young guy like that? Oh, absolutely. And a lot of guys, once they're kind of done or they're more established in the league that came from college, they'll tell you it's the travel. No one's prepared for the travel that hits when you get to the NHL. You get to college, you only play on the weekends, you're going to school, you're at campus during the week, you're in the gym, you've got a good routine, your normal life, get up at a decent time. You're in the NHL, you could be on a fucking 14-day road trip, man, where you're just bus to plane to hotel to bed to plane to bus. I mean, it's just a trip. Yeah, I can only imagine too. I mean, after one travel day of, you know, flying across the country, like 
you almost feel exhausted and worn out from that. And then, you know, these are professional athletes who have to jump into games. And then after that game have to, you know, do the exact same thing, get on another plane and, and make sure they're still, you know, eating right and getting, you know, all their protein back in their body and recovering and getting, you know, all the rest that they need. Like uh, it definitely wears you down when you're not used to that kind of lifestyle. But I mean, let's give them credit to 50 points, 20 goals, 50 points in just 71 games this year. And obviously that's leading all rookie players too. And he's well on his way to a nice Calder trophy, baby. If only we didn't predict that at the start of the season. I mean, when it was plus 900, it's almost like we said, take your fucking mortgage and put it on it. Exactly. I mean, if you wanted to secure the bag, that was your chance to do it 100%. But uh, I do believe that when playoffs do come around, that Matty Beneers is going to kick up into that elite gear that we know he has just based on adrenaline and and uh, getting into the playoffs. I mean, that's going to be huge. They're going to be depending on this kid to really take that next step if they want to make some noise in the, you know, in the playoffs. Exactly. If they want to, you know, win a couple games, let alone a round, he's going to have to be a big part of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, uh, of course, like we mentioned, uh, Joy Decord sent down to the AHL and he's going to have an opportunity to go on his own run in the playoffs. Yeah. Coachella Valley, like we kind of mentioned earlier, they're doing quite well in the AHL. So, you know, we're expecting them to come in pretty deep. Yeah, so best of luck. We'll be keeping up with that one for sure. Maybe we'll do a little update next pod uh, just on the AHL and how that team is doing and how they're finding so much success. And is it a big part of the great bench that they have there with the coaching staff they have in place? They have a lot of good players, or sorry, good coaches down there that bring a ton of experience. And that head coach, Dan Balsma, I mean, the guy's wearing a cup ring for a reason, right? Yeah, he, you know, happened to win one in Pittsburgh, baby. 2009, he had a pretty damn good team that kind of did it for him, too, at the same time, but whatever. Yeah, not too bad. This guy, this Crosby guy I heard was pretty good. I hear he's still good now. I mean, he's the only guy to ever have a 30-goal season in the NHL at age 18 and 35-plus. Dude, I think they just clocked his backhander at, like, 60 miles an hour. 67 miles an hour which i don't know what that means for kilometers so give me a second pretty sure that's a hundred and like seven i want to say 105 maybe i don't know but why does that say meters per second yeah we're not measuring fucking meters per second here buddy figure it out 67 miles per hour is 107.8 kilometers Holy wow, I just nailed it right on the fucking Not head. Bad. Not bad. I Good don't call. think I could even shoot a puck that hard. That's just yeah, you insane. Could. I don't know. Yeah, I probably 108, could, but... 108 kilometers isn't like that fast. Like you and I back when we went hockey class at Delhi, we were shooting like 130. So we yeah. could probably hit 110 now. But the point is he does that with his fucking backhand. Under pressure. Just incredible, dude. Just incredible. Like, fuck. We're talking here like, yeah, we could do it if we shot as hard as we could. And he's like, I don't know. I think I I used my left hand. (laughs) 
Yeah, I don't know, man. He's just the best all around and a hockey player. Just straight up, just facts. Durham, we got some NHL news to talk about. One of those big ones is the deal, the New Jersey deal the NHL has made with the uh, Fanatics brand. And uh, just give me your first little take on this. Well, my first thoughts were, oh, fuck, this cannot go over well. I just see so many things. It was funny. I was just explaining the whole Fanatics concept to my dad actually a couple months ago where I was like, yeah, they started out as these cheap, like ripoff kind of jerseys where you can get it like half price. No now shit. people are you were talking about because that they're regular price. Yeah. Wow. Look at yeah. you. Eh? I was explaining fanatics and he's like, I don't know what this is. So I explained the whole backstory and why people are pissed, how they're like normal price jerseys now. And now yeah. they're running the NHL. I had no idea they've actually been associated with the NHL for so long. I mean, this goes all the way back to 2005 when they, you know, took over the NHL's e-commerce operation. That's crazy, eh? Like, I had no idea. Fucking 2005. Fanatics has been with the NHL as long as Crosby has. Yeah, that that is insane. And honestly, when I first heard the news, I was like, fucking Christ, what is happening to the NHL Batman? Are you are you losing your mind? Like, what kind of deal is this? I think we all expected that a possible, you know, uh a relationship back with Reebok or CCM was probably gonna be the play. I mean, I was hoping, I was praying that it would be with CCM. I absolutely loved the logo, loved the jerseys. They've been a part of hockey for so so long. I thought it was a slam dunk, but Durham. Once I read this article on ESPN uh, written by Greg Wyshynski, uh, that kind of put my mind at ease a bit. What was in there? I didn't get to read that. The only thing I kind of know about the dealer fanatics going on is I listened to 32 thoughts. <laughs> they were talking about how fanatics has been making the MLB jerseys for years, but the deal was fanatics is not allowed to put their name on the jerseys. They have to put, I think Nike's logo on it. Yeah, it's Nike. So they've been making, I think, their actual MLB jerseys since I believe it was 2017. So, uh, you know, just to put that out there, that kind of is like, oh, okay, that's nice to know. And I also believe they make the, the replica pro NFL jerseys as well right now that you could buy the replica, like the authentic pro style ones. So, um, you know, after reading that, I was like, okay, you know, that's sounding a little bit better. And then not only that, but they're taking over the the exact place that uh, I believe it's in Quebec that Adidas was making their jerseys out of. So they're taking over the exact same facility and their CEO has said that they're not going to be making any big changes and they're going to get it as close as possible and, and add, like replicate the exact same jerseys that are being out there with Adidas, just basically just changing the logo. So um, from what they're saying is, um, you know, that quality shouldn't be going down, but it is scary that, you know, you've seen all these fanatic style jerseys. Obviously it's the cheaper style, not the authentic pro style that gets released. And you see number plates and name plates just like loosely falling off misspellings happening all the time so the biggest hope is that that is going away and that you don't see any of those mistakes happening when they're creating the authentic pro jerseys uh that you could buy you know at full price 
did you see going to the nameplate thing there, the Jared Spurgeon mix-up with his Fanatics jersey? Uh, no, no. Give me some background. So some dude got a Jared Spurgeon jersey from Sp- or Fanatics, but when they sent it to him, they spelt the name Spurgino, so they screwed up the ending of the name, obviously, split the letters. So when this guy wears the jersey to a Minnesota game, and he meets Jared Spurgeon and gets him to sign it. Spurgeon signs it, Jared Spurgino. <laughs> because that's what it was spelled? Yeah, on the jersey. Oh, That's so funny. <laughs> I was like, that's oh, a good guy. My goodness, that's, that's a great sense of humor there. But another tidbit, too, about this. They've actually worked on a lot of NHL jerseys already, the authentic Pro ones. Uh, they worked on ones that have been worn with CCM, Reebok, and Adidas already. So I feel like they're going to keep the trains on the right track going forward. So that did kind of ease my mind, even though, you know, I'm not a big fan of the fanatic symbol, to be honest. Yeah, I kind of agree with you. I like the old, you know, the shit we grew up with the Reebok, the CCM, the Adidas. Yeah, right, exactly. Right the nostalgia. I, mean, I never really was big with the Adidas, but. I guess like a lot of their decisions when it comes to their jerseys and stuff, it's all like, uh, you know, decisions made through the NHL. It wasn't really Adidas making all of those Jersey decisions when it came to some of those reverse retros and stuff. And I kind of thought Adidas had a bit more pull when it came to that. But at the end of the day, it was more of the, uh, the NHL uh, side of things that really made those decisions. And they just produced the, the jerseys themselves and the styles that NHL wanted them. So that's where I was like, oh, okay. I kind of, was kind of shocked me a little bit. I don't know why, but I was just under the impression anyway. But uh, it doesn't sound like they're making any jersey changes for the upcoming season, and uh, no real like logo redesigns that are going to be coming anyways. And in the short term period, so uh, you know, better off just keeping it that way until they get comfortable and get into the full swing of things anyway. If the jerseys start falling apart on ice, I might have to just give up the NHL. Yeah, that's uh, that's going to be a terrible look if you're skating around and all of a sudden 97 becomes number seven and you're just like, what is happening out here? It's a 67, but it's way low because it's just hanging on by a couple stitches at the bottom of the nine. Yeah, McDavid just loses his C mid-game. Just, oh. Trips on just- it breaks his collarbone again that would be worst case scenario i think if if any of their jerseys they're putting out you know have these kinds of issues with them that the fanatic style do you got to figure that won't happen no they can't let that happen or the nhl will be the laughing stock of pro sports well i guess kind of the hope is from what i heard a couple things from a few owners is that they're hoping this deal is the big prove it to fanatics where they don't screw up and it gets them in the good graces and they're allowed to put their names on the jerseys again. So they're hopeful for that. That's what we're hopeful for. And, uh, and just knowing that they've, you know, been producing those and MLB jerseys and pro jerseys and sports. And, you know, that, that eases my mind. I, I, I hope, that things go well, but uh, moving along from that, because time will, will only tell a couple sussies lately, eh? a couple sussies in the NHL. Yeah. Jeremy Lozen got one game suspension for cross checking Josh Morrissey. Oh, true. Yeah. I forgot about that. 
But yeah, he got a game for cross-checking Morrissey in the face, and uh, it was kind of a that was nasty. whatever. Yeah, I mean that was one. Even Morrissey afterwards said he's like, ah, I let it go. I don't think he really meant to get me that bad in the face. Like we turned around and wanted to fight or whatever. The AJ Greer getting one game for cross-checking Mike Hoffman in the face that fucking killed me. I laughed for like five minutes. Have you seen that? No, I so I seen the video he put out where he's barely talking because you can tell he's swollen up. He's got this huge red gash just, you know, right above his chin there. And, uh, you know, he had some words to say in that video. Yeah, his defense wasn't a very good one, too. Me cross-checking someone in the back of the head gets two games. He cross-checked me in the face, and he only got one game. What the hell? And it's like, dude, the back of the head's so much fucking worse. Yeah, like, you, yeah, it fucking hurts to get stuff to the face, but the back of the head is a dangerous area, man. That's a very like, dangerous area. Plus, Hoffman's totally leaving out the context. Like, he started this shit. So they're lined up for a face-off, and he slashes AJ Greer. And Greer turns and looks at him and just fucking cross checks him in the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't it's even so see it. It's so funny. You, oh God, man, you definitely got to watch it when we're done. Like, they just line up all nonchalant and just your casual happens all the time at the face off. Just a little chop on. I think he gets the stick or the top of the laces. And Greer just turns 90 degrees to him and just straight in the mouth holy crap eh? dude that's it's got to be one of the worst feelings is getting a stick to the face though like oh. pop to the face stick to the face like that just hurts so fucking much and they're usually so cold which makes it so much worse yeah exactly and it's usually the blade too it's like it's fucking sharp it's got fucking chips in it it fucking just hits you oh it just sucks man sticks to the face not good Man, you remember our last like practice of midget, the very first time like a bunch of us took our visors or took our face masks off and wore visors and shit. I don't know if you were uh, at that skate or not, but I don't know. I can't I can't remember. It was the very last one of the year, my last year of minor hockey, but fucking Ryan Damon came out with us and went for a toe drag shot and I poke checked and he rode his stick up and just slapped me in the face and I was like Dude, I just took my fucking face mask off like 30 minutes ago. <laughs> Dude, yeah, it's a it's a it's a game. It's a risky game we all play too, especially that, you know, we're not pro sports. We don't have the kind of dental coverage that these athletes do. Every time you step out on the ice, it's a risk. They can't fix my face even if it may already be broken. <laughs> oh man just chirping yourself gotta love it uh moving on we've seen matt another rookie son in the nhl yeah matthew coronado leaves harvard early to go sign in calgary former first round pick not too often that... you see guys leaving out of harvard early they get that four-year career there yeah yeah so that's just an interesting one does that mean he's uh looking to get slated into the lineup too in calgary this year or what's up with that Yep, yeah, he's signed similar to what Beneers did last year. So he could be a member of the Calgary Flames looking to make a big push for the playoffs here. And they're only a couple points behind Winnipeg. So they might need the young legs to come up and in. Yeah, they're probably looking for that extra jolt in the lineup. But a lot of rumors, too, in Calgary where the players are like, I ain't playing here if, uh, you know, what's-his-name is coaching. 
Yeah, Sutter's definitely worn out his welcome there. Yeah, there's a definite change coming in the offseason, no doubt about that. But uh, that's more of a topic for another day. Durham, we got this wicked, wicked stat of the week, and I'm going to let you give it to the fans here. Well, that 7-2 win against Nashville set an NHL record for the largest point improvement from a team's first season to their second season by an expansion team. So that's not counting the original six. And Seattle just said it with 28 points and counting. That's right. Your Seattle Kraken, most improved team of all time in the NHL expansion era. Fucking good to hear. That is a statement. And 28 points and counting. So uh, just like we've said so many times on this podcast, just been a fantastic year for the Kraken and just such a turnaround, such a different looking squad from what we got to witness in their first season, Durham. And uh, playoffs is just around the corner. Cannot wait. We got less than 10 games left until playoffs. Couldn't be more excited, baby. Exactly. We got like two weeks and the playoffs are going. And not only that, we have a new player for player of the week. This guy sprung out of nowhere. Derm, who do we got this week? Well, like you said, Sprong had sprung this past week. And in the four games the Kraken played, he scored three goals and an assist, all at even strength. Oh, did I mention he also led the team with 14 shots on net? Now you show me another team in the NHL that in a seven-day span, they had somebody from their fourth line leading their team in shots on net. I doubt you'll find it. Yeah, I can't think of anybody where you'd have that. The only close would be Tampa, but then even then, they're going to have Kucherov and Stamkos and Point getting shots. So somebody on the fourth ain't going to be leading. Yeah, just incredible the type of depth they have when Spronger's just on the edge of 20 goals and had 14 shots in the last uh, week here. Just just crazy stuff. And good to have him kind of back and finding his groove again. He went through a bit of a cold spout there. He's getting scratched. That doesn't look like that'll be happening anytime anytime soon for Spronger here. Actually, you know what's funny about Sprong is, I don't know, this might be, some might take this as a dig, but I just think it's a funny little tidbit I saw on the internet, is people were talking about Daniel Sprong, and they're like, he's scoring, like, he's doing well offensively, could he really be, like, that bad defensively? Maybe it's a little blown out of water, blown out of proportion, and someone goes, okay, let's look at it this way, he's about to hit 20 goals and probably 45 points at the end of the year. And he's been a healthy scratch more than once because his defense is that bad. And the guy, first guy was like, okay, yeah, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, it's never been a bright spot for him. It's always been a struggle. Um, but no doubt about it, this is the most consistent he's looked since ent- entering the NHL uh, a few years back now, has it been, right? Oh, yeah. He's been in there for probably five or six years full time. Yeah, and this is his first time. He's really uh, made the impact that he's 
been able to this year and doing it on the fourth line too in minimal minutes, just that much more impressive from Spronger. So let's hope he keeps it up down the stretch here and brings it into playoffs and, you know, gets that scoring touch too when the games really matter, baby. But Durham, do you have anything else you want to add to the pod here? No, nah, that's all I got, brother. I think that's all she wrote, brother. Um, that wraps up episode number 22. Thanks everyone for tuning in. Make sure to rate this episode five stars if you've enjoyed it and stay tuned for episode 23 when we talk about a couple big cracking wins that are obviously on the horizon. And Durham, the return of the green game as well. But we'll get back to that in the next episode. So, uh, you know, let's get the puck out of here, Durham. Cheers, everybody. Peace.